to your neighbor and say, I am expecting great things. Praise God. I am expecting great things. Amen? How many of you know that He does exceedingly abundantly above? Exceedingly. Everyone say exceedingly. Say abundantly. Above. All that we can ask or think. Amen. And you see, what the Lord is doing is raising our level of expectation this morning. He wants us to believe Him. He wants us to trust Him. Jessica! Wow, I just noticed Jessica Dunham all the way from Bethel. Good to see that young lady there. Amen. Welcome back. I don't know if it's for a while or for a little bit, but it's just great to see you this morning. Praise God. I want you to jump with me to Acts chapter 3. We're going to move through this morning really quickly. Um, you know how I've been on this series for a while called Becoming a Walking, Living, Breathing Revival. How many of you know that you're baptized with the Holy Spirit more than just for speaking in tongues and gifts? You bring an atmosphere. You bring life. You bring power with you. And the Holy Spirit that's residing in you is seeking to find a way out of you. And so one of the ways that God finds a way out of you is something I'm going to be sharing this morning because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to have His way in your life. Do you believe that? And you know, wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's fruit. And wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's resurrection life. You cannot touch anything where it doesn't become alive if you're baptized and you're full of the Spirit. It doesn't remain the same. You're moving from glory to glory. Amen. You're touching. Now, you may not necessarily see the results all the time. But that's not, our, that's not my job. God doesn't want you to simply just look for physical results. But you need to know, it's kind of like this. It's like a farmer. He goes out and he sows a seed. He doesn't see a tree grow the next day. You know, he waters the seed. He sows the seed. He fertilizes the seed. He's working the seed. He's speaking over the seed. But in time, that seed becomes a, an amazing tree. And it produces fruit. But one of the things that God is doing is he's helping us to recognize something. The first chapter I want to look at is Acts chapter 3, verse 18. Notice what it says. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets, that Christ should suffer and has thus fulfilled. Everyone, Christ has suffered. Now what he's saying here is that you don't have to suffer for the payment of your sin, because Christ has done it for you. Now he goes on to say, verse 19, Repent, therefore, and be converted. The word repent there means to change the way you're thinking. Change the way you're thinking. Everyone say change. Change the way you're thinking about yourself about your future, about who you are. Change the way. And be converted. It's not just repent. Repent and be converted. 
In other words, start walking, living, and thinking like you think, or the way you're supposed to be thinking. To be converted means to change the way you live. First, you can't change the way you live until you change the way you think. And being converted means I'm speaking differently. I'm thinking differently. I'm seeing things from a whole different light. Why? Because you have been raised, you have been set free, you are delivered, and you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's places of authority. That's places of deliverance. See, God wants you to understand that you are the light and the salt of the earth. There's something powerful in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's something powerful inside of you. It's powerful. The enemy wants you to constantly focus on what you've done wrong, how weak you are. He wants you to be held hostage to your past. No, you are strong. You are the seed of Abraham. You're part of the sons of God's glory. You are to rise and shine for your light has come. Amen. It hasn't, it didn't come yesterday. It's not something to come in the future. It's come now. And so I pray differently. I think differently. I'm seeing things differently. I'm not walking in the past of living like a victim anymore. He says, repent. Now notice what he says. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Let me, let me just say, everyone say times. Times of, do you know that revival is seasonal? God never intended. How many of you believe that everybody on the Gulf Coast today in churches is praying, send the rain, Holy Spirit send, how many of you believe some are saying, stop the rain? Do you know that we sing songs about send the rain? Rain's important. But revival was never intended to be a downpour where it destroys and creates a flood. God intended for seasons of sunshine. Aren't you thankful? How many of you have ever seen a lot of rain where you wish for sunshine? See, God intended that revival comes in seasons. Revival isn't just a constant downpour. And now there are times where God pours out his spirit and, and people are plastered on the floor and the life flows and healing and deliverance. And those are awesome seasons. But have you ever thought of a season that God sends your way to bring a breaking in your life that takes you to a new level? That takes you to a new season of faith in your life? It's not always the rain. Rain's good. We need, oh, we need rain. But we need the sunshine too. It's not just the mountaintops. It's the valleys. You see, in the mountain, oh, God reveals his glory and power and presence. And we think, oh, I just want to stay in the mountain. Oh, God, don't send me through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you know that there's a season? There are seasons, and we need to learn to recognize that in every season, God's in it. Every season that you're walking through, God is in it, because let me tell you, 
The deeper the valley you go, the higher the mountain comes. See, God teaches you to understand that every season has a purpose. Now, we need to come to understand that. <clears throat> now, I, w- I want to share, I kind of open up with a testimony. And while you're doing that, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to go back. And how many of you believe the Holy Spirit's in the Old Testament? And uh, what I'm saying here this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to bring some understanding. <clears throat> Years ago, when I was a carpenter, I had a gentleman come and bring me a paper sack. And inside this paper sack, his name, uh, first of all, his name was Salamander. He was a Hispanic Finnish carpenter. This, this guy was excellent. He was a very precise, uh, very, uh, just a, an amazing Finnish carpenter. And he, he understood everything from the process of building a home, from the foundation to the framing to the, the actual construction of a building, uh, through all the different stages of building the building. But he was, he was a, a precise, he was excellent, he understood how to use different tools, uh, he, he was good. Now, I was, at the time, a rookie. I was uh, uh, not a journeyman like he was. I was growing. My dad had hired me. I just got married. I think I was in my first or second year of marriage. And so Sal, at lunchtime one day, he said, and it was, it was my birthday. I was, by the way, back in those days, you actually worked on your birthday. Uh, you didn't get the day off like a lot of people get today. But I actually had to go to work on my birthday. Plus, I needed to go to work. But uh, I, I went to work on my birthday, and Sal gives me a sack. And he says, Ray, I want to give you a birthday present. So I opened the sack like this, and this is what he gave me. And I said, Sal, thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, I started fiddling around with it. And, uh, and uh, he said, Ray, you will appreciate what this is. <clears throat> he says, do you know what it is? And I said, sure. Because there was other carpenters around, and I didn't want to look stupid or dumb. So, I, sure, I know what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, a tri-square. It's a tri-square. And then I just kind of went back to eating my tuna fish sandwich, and I just, you know, I just kind of kept eating. And and Sal just kind of shook his head like this. And uh, anyway, after lunch was over, I just kind of was looking at this thing with strange figures and fractions and Uh, decimals and links and measurements on this particular tool. And I had a pickup. And in the back of my pickup, in the bed of my pickup, I had this large toolbox, and I just (laughs) threw it in my toolbox. Anyway, Sal, who worked on our particular crew, was taken off our crew, and he began to work on a different crew of carpenters. My, my, my actual father at the time was over all the crews at Emmert Industrial, a construction company, had several con, uh, construction crews. Sal was taken off, and, and he, he left. 
And for an entire year, that tool stayed in my toolbox. I never used it. I never learned anything about it. I had no idea what it was. I thought it was a tri-square. And I was too embarrassed to ask anybody what it was. Has anybody ever been there? You know, you, 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 you come across something, you hear about something, and e- even somebody gives you something, and you just kind of toss it aside. And it was in my toolbox for an entire year. Well, guess what happens? After about a year, Sal, the guy who gives me the gift, comes back to our crew. And we were eating lunch again one day, and we're sitting there, and then Sal pops this question. Hey, Ray! I noticed you're uh, framing these rafters on top of the roof of this fourplex that we're building. Did you ever use the gift that I gave you last year? A year, a whole year goes by. And I said, well, no, I I just haven't had the opportunity. Uh, I completely lied through my day. I was so embarrassed that I had never used, I didn't even ask what this thing was. I didn't even know. And then Sal, he knew that I didn't know. You know, it's kind of embarrassing when somebody knows that you don't know, and he's just plain, you know. He says, he says Ray, what, what is it? What, do you know what it is? Do you know what this thing is? It's a tri-square. He says, it's not a tri-square. It's a squangle. A what? It's called a squangle. That's the official name of this tool. A squangle. And uh, he says, you know what these measurements for? Now, here's, here's, here's the reason why Sal asked me the question. He asked me this question because I was building these rafters on top of a roof. Now, back in those days, nowadays, they have trusses that are prefabbed in manufacturing companies, and so a lot of the guys today, a lot of builders don't have to uh, build rafters and in uh, vaulted ceilings like they do. And this, but what this actually is, is a computer, handheld computer. And it has all these decibels and fractions and links and what it does is it determines the pitch, the height, and the length from the ridge of the roof to the bird's mouth. And I know these are terms that some of you may know. The bird's mouth, which is the cutout that rests upon the top plate of an outer wall. Now, I know I saw a mouthful there that some of you may not understand that. But when he began to tell me how to, he, he, he was watching me work. And he knew that what I was doing was taking three to four times longer to get the job done. And he noticed that I didn't have the squangle in my tool belt. So I was doing it by hand and measuring it by tape and using another guy and taking a long time. So I says, Ray, did you ever use the tool that I gave you a year ago on your birthday? I've looked at it a few times, but not. No, I don't know what it is. What is it, Sal? And when he finally explained to me, 
and showed me how to use it, I literally cut my time almost three times faster once I learned how to use a squangle on building rafters, valleys, hips. Now, I know to you, to some of you, but here's the point. How many of you know that we're not using everything that God has given to us? Because we don't understand it. We look at it. We say, well, that, that, that's, that's great to have in my tool belt, but I don't know if I'll ever use it or not. I don't know if I really, really will take it out because, but, but what this did, when I understood it, it catapulted me into a new level of understanding speed as well as just being able to understand. It, it, it does all the calculations that are actually embedded into the aluminum here on this, on this little tool called a squangle. Now, I know many of you out there may not be carpenters, but what I'm trying to make the point is, is sometimes God gives us strange gifts in strange packages. How many here have ever said, Lord, why in the world did you let me have this? Lord, what did you give me this for? Lord, why did you allow me to walk through this? How many of you believe one of the things that the devil tries to do is to put a wall? Do you remember the song we were singing this morning? Tear our walls down. I can't remember the song. Spirit, oh God. Spirit break out. Tear our walls down. You know the greatest wall that we have is the wall of fear. There's walls of ignorance. There's walls of pride. There's walls where we don't ask for help because, well, we're afraid we don't want to look stupid. Yet God has given to us a gift, and here's what He wants you to do. He wants you to actually ask. He wants you to pull out what He's given to you, and He wants you to begin to understand that there's a revelation, there's an understanding, there's a new level of living that He wants us to come to. Amen? And so one of the things that the purpose of growing, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. When it says repent and be converted or transformed, that your sins may be blotted out, that he may send seasons of refreshing. Do you know how refreshing it was to finally understand what that tool could do? Man, do you know what it saved me? My legs. I was going up and down and up and down on a ladder all day long. That squangle saved me the legwork because I could figure and count out all my rafters at once and go up on top of that wall and lay those rafters out and I was gone because of that tool. But I didn't know that because of my pride. Now, I actually have a cart. Gunner, cart, have you ever used a squangle before? You have it. Yeah, but he, he knows exactly. You can have my squangle at the end of the service. But, but here's the point. See, I believe God wants us to move into overdrive. I believe he wants to bring us into a greater understanding in moving forward. Amen? See, revival is about moving you forward and taking you higher.
But sometimes taking us higher and moving us forward involves also learning to really hear, learning to really listen, really learning to really understand. I want to take you back to a woman in the Bible. Most of us know the story. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 1. This was a season when Israel is a nation. The Bible says there was no open vision or revelations in 1 Samuel 3. Remember, Eli was the priest and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, the Bible says, were corrupt. And it says they didn't know God. They were immoral men. They, they were, Eli, the Bible says, allowed the light, the candlesticks, the light in the temple to go out. That signifies the fact that there was inactivity. There was no prayer. There was no intercession. There was no pressing in. But here we find that in this, it, it opens this book with about a family, about a man who has two wives. Notice the story. It says, there was a certain man of Ramathamium, uh, Ramathamium, I, I hope I'm not saying, I know I'm not saying that right, Zephomium of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerome, Jerohem, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zaph the Ephraimite. Man, I, I, I prayed that God they got delivered from those. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. Now, in the way it's written here, that would have been his first wife. And the name of the, the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went from yearly... Uh, went up from the city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts. That means the Lord of the armies of the host of heaven in Shiloh. And the sons Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Whenever the time came, everyone say the time. God has a timing. Whenever the time came for Elkanah, Elkanah to make an offering... He would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all their sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. Everyone say double. Look to your neighbor and say, God's given you double today. Now say it this way. He's given you double for your trouble. Amen. He gave a double portion. Now this, we're going to come back to this in a minute. <clears throat> Double portion. And he goes on here to say, And he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Notice it didn't say the devil closed her womb. It said the Lord closed her womb. And her rival, which is Penina, and there was always reviling in a polygamous relationship. It was a horrible atmosphere. Provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. You know, it's enough to go through something, but it's even worse when someone begins to rub it in your face. 
And to be say, begin to say, oh, the curse of God must be on your life. That's a sad situation. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her, that Penina provoked her. Therefore, she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? By the way, this is a very rare statement that most Jewish men would say. Because usually in this culture, unlike the American culture today, women's worth and value in this day was usually connected to the ability to give their, give children to their husbands. They found their sense of worth and their sense of value in the ability to give their children a sense, or, or give their husbands <clears throat> for, the, for, for the purpose of the continuance of their name and seed. <clears throat> and it goes on here to say, And Hannah arose after that, had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Now Eli, the priest, was sitting at the seat of the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon my affliction, the affliction of your maidservant, and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall come upon his head. That's the sign of a Nazarite. And it happened that as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth and Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. Shows you how blind this man really was spiritually. And Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of of a sorrowful spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant you your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew his Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass that in the process of time, everyone say the process of time. Say it again, the process of time. Do you know that revival comes in the process of time? There are certain things that happen in the process of of time. Do you know for God to send revival, He needs to prepare you for revival? Sometimes just, God, I'm ready! God says, I know you think you are, but if I was really to send you revival, 
How many of you know God's not interested in just sending the rain? He's not interested in just giving a harvest. He wants us to preserve the harvest. It's not enough to just send souls. Will the souls be preserved? Will they be kept? Will there be servants? Will there be leaders? Will there, will, will there be laborers and workers to protect what he entrusts you with? How many of you believe that's important? It's like a job. How many of you know there's some people that make a lot of money and there's a lot of people that blow their money? It's important. God, God thinks about these things. Revival is not just, oh, Lord, send the rain so I can get refreshed. No, God wants to send the rain not just to refresh you, but he wants to grow you. He wants to make you healthy. He wants there to be whatever God begins. He wants it to your fruit to remain. God doesn't entrust you. By the way, guess what else revival brings? Persecution. Well, revival also brings challenges that you never thought would come. Sometimes we look on TV or we, we man, I tell you, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a history. I, I, I've studied the history of revival. Jonathan Edwards, Smith Wigglesworth, Charles Finney, uh, the Welsh revival. I've studied lots of revivals. There was dry seasons before revival came. Then when revival hit, the heavens were open. Heaven comes down. But then after the revival comes, an onslaught of satanic and demonic bombardment. God will never give you more than you can handle. Now you may say, well, well. But sometimes people also gauge revival by church attendance. Do you know that sometimes revival starts with just one person? Two people? Five people? Revival starts with intercession. It, it's, 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 it's connected with a woman who conceives seed and goes through labor pains. And of you women who have given birth to babies, you know what it's like. There's labor. There's a laboring. Hannah is a woman. The, the, the most powerful picture in the story to me is not so much Hannah, but her husband, because it's such a type of Christ. It says that Elkanah loved Hannah, even though she was barren. Everyone say, Jesus loves me, even though I may be barren. He still loved her. Not only did he love her, he gave her a double portion. Now, there were three feasts a year. I, I need to share these things with you. There were three feasts that every year the families were to go to. It was the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Passover. And when you came before the Lord, you never came, listen to me, you never come empty-handed. You bring an offering. And that offering was to be an offering of thanks. It was to be an offering of praise. It was to be an offering to God and that offering was to be a portion. It was to represent the goodness of what God had blessed you with. You were to bring what God had given to you, a portion, a, a tithe. Uh, it was to be the first fruits unto God. You were to bring it, and you were to say, Lord, thank you for blessing me. But the paradox 
And the interesting thing was that Hannah didn't have anything to be thankful for because her womb was closed. But Elkanah gives her a double portion anyway. Listen to me. You may be barren and you may be in a place where you're seeing no fruit. You are the people of a double portion. Do you know why God gives you a double portion? To break the curse. It's about breaking your curse. I want you to write this down. Write this down. God closes the womb to open your eyes. To see things you would have never seen had your womb not been closed. God closes doors so you, he can show you other doors. He closed her womb to turn her. How many have ever been turned through a difficult time? Your womb is closed. She's grieved. She's bitter. She's being provoked. Do you know that this was the beginning of revival? She was not going through the labor pains of carrying a baby, but she was going through the labor pains of something that God was about to birth in the spirit realm that would open the door for the prophetic voice to touch the nations. Samuel was the first prophet that God anointed to be a prophet that would literally prophesy and set and anoint kings over the nation of Israel. And Hannah had no idea that what she was going through was preparation for something that was much bigger than her own personal happiness. Sometimes it's in, Lord, you know what? Have you ever been in a place where you feel like everyone else is getting blessed? Everyone else is seeing fruit? There's nothing happening in my life. Nothing happened in this church. Nothing happening like that. I mean, others are getting blessed. Others are growing. Others are prospering. But not, not me. And you got the adversary saying, you're cursed. Why are you even? By the way, do you know that if you go back into the book of Leviticus, anyone who was lame, anyone who was leprous, anyone who had a problem, a barren womb could not present an offering. You weren't even worthy enough to come. But Elkanah, his wife, said, you're coming with me anyway. Do you know, God says, even though you may not see the fruit that you expect, God is saying, I want you to get up and go to the house of the Lord and worship like you have 10,000 children. I want you to worship I want you to begin to recognize I have given you a double portion. Why did he give her a double portion? Double portion signifies favor. You're favored, not just favor, but you're favored for a supernatural purpose. There's something supernatural that God is doing. You see, here's what happens. God closes the womb. He causes the womb to be closed to open your eyes to things you would have never seen or wouldn't even have thought about. 
She wasn't thinking about being the mother of a prophet that would begin to bring the voice of the Lord to the nations. She wasn't thinking that. She just was, I just want to be happy and just be a mother and just have kids like everybody else. God says, no, I got other things in mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has other things in mind. See, but you know what we do? We end up listening to the Peninas. By the way, do you know what the word Penina means? It means cause to turn. In other words, Penina means the enemy wants to cause to turn you away from the Lord through bitterness. There are people today that are bitter who have been turned because they've walked through something caused to turn. But you know why? Because you're listening to Penina. You're listening to the rival who is intimidating, who is seeking to destroy faith. And so he causes you to turn. You know what? Going to church doesn't mean anything. Why serve God? God, not the devil. The Lord has closed my womb. No, he has not closed your womb because he hates you. He has not closed your womb because he doesn't like you. He's closed your womb to open your heart and open the womb of your heart and your eyes to see what God is going to do. I want to lift your expectation. Notice notice what Elkanah says in verse 10. This is powerful. Verse 8, I'm sorry. When Elkanah comes, her husband, he says this, Why do you not eat? Do you know grieving, bitter people, they don't eat. They stop eating. They lose their appetite. They stop praying. They stop receiving. They stop. They just stop and they die. There's no reason year by year by year I'm not seeing what I thought I should see, but this woman doesn't even realize that God was setting her up for a revival. Setting her up for her own personal breakthrough. Everyone say breakthrough. Breakthrough. See, breakthrough doesn't come, and I'm going to close with another scripture. I know my time's moving here. But notice what he says which is such a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? How many of you know that Jesus needs to become more important than having my way? Or getting what I thought I should get? Because everyone else is getting what they should get. Why shouldn't I get what I should get? It's only fair, God. It's not fair. You need to realize that if God has closed a door, it's because he's opening. He's trying to open. He's trying to get your attention. Now, I know one thing about this. Guess what it did? It finally brought her to a place where she began to pray. Where she began to seek the Lord. But not just pray. She did something that most women wouldn't do. She said, Lord, I'm ready to really surrender. When it says that she made a vow before God, she was saying, Lord, I'm willing to give up and let go. What most women want. The right, the right to have that child. 
to be able to stand with my husband and say, look what I give to you. She wanted the praise of her husband, the affirmation of her husband. She wanted to, to feel that sense of value and affirmation that I, I, I'm able to give my husband a son. But she didn't get that right. The Lord closed her womb. Do you know that God is thinking about your life and he sees a bigger picture than what you see? Yeah, but I just, I don't, I don't want no call of God. I don't need no big ministry. I just want to be me. I just want God to leave me alone. Open my womb. Let me have kids like everybody else. I just... no, no, that's not the way it works. Let me say this. God's not fair. Let me say it again. He's not fair in the moment because he's getting ready to blow your mind with something exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He's not fair for a season, but he's going to give you exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. No man will stand before God and say, God, you didn't come through on your part of the deal. God already thought ahead of you. (laughs) He's already thought ahead of you. Nobody's going to say, well, Lord, I knew you'd fail me. No, God's already thought ahead. I had something far greater, far bigger than you could ever ask or think or even know. See, that's why some people think that God's playing games with him, tricking him, deceiving him. That's not God. That is Satan. It's demonic. It's a liar from the pit of hell. What she did was she came before the Lord, and it says she makes this vow. The vow in the Hebrew means to, that she completely surrendered her rights before the Lord, which was music. That's what God was looking for. I'm looking for that. Because, she, because God had a plan about using that young boy, Samuel, to touch the nations. Can you see yourself touching the nations? Hannah makes the vow before the Lord and says, Lord, she tells her husband, I will wean the child first from breastfeeding. Think about what Hannah had to sacrifice. She didn't see see Samuel take his first steps. She didn't, get, didn't have the joy of taking him to school. She did take him to the priest and left him. But after he was weaned, there was a lot of things that Hannah had to give up because of a higher calling, a higher purpose. Sometimes we take, man, I want to see my kids grow. I'm going to take them to stalker. I'm going to see this happen. I'm going to see that happen. She laid it all out, said, Lord, He's yours. I give him to you. 
my plans versus your plans. I will give them to you. What I'm talking about is revival. How many of you remember Brother James's message last week? Remember you talked about this? He used the word, there's a, there's a price to pay. We come to church and we sing a few songs, say a few little prayers, and hear a little message, and we want revival. Folks, revival involves labor. Revival involves misunderstanding. Revival involves going through contradictions. Revival involves breaking. Revival will involve a season where you think God's not always fair, but He's loving. He is good. He is faithful. And what He has promised, He will fulfill it. What He's saying here is this. Hannah finally comes to the place where she surrenders her rights to even raise her child. For her to scroll through the seasons because God had something so much more amazing to touch the nations. Now she kept in contact with Samuel because she went up yearly and she probably saw him three times a year when they went up to the place to offer the Lord. But the Bible says that she had many, 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 many more children after that. Hannah had many more children. Say many. Many. Now, in closing, I want you to jump over with me. My time is going. I wish I could just elaborate more on this passage couple things that I want us to see about before, and this is in the book of Isaiah 54. Jump to with me to Isaiah chapter 54. Two things that if you're in a place, <clears throat> in this place, notice what it says, verse 1, Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing! Everyone say sing. Sing, sing O married woman that has children. Do you know, I actually read this in a commentary, to ask a grieving woman who was barren to sing would be like the most cruelest thing and insensitive thing you can do to a woman in this culture. But God says to the barren woman, sing. Is it, is it because we're going before American Idol so Simon can judge us? Is it about entertainment? No. It's a call to worship. Singing is a call to worship. Worship, O barren. Sing. He didn't say sing, O fruitful one. He said sing, O barren one. Are you hearing me this morning? Why is he calling us to sing? Because when you begin to lift up the name of the Lord, it not only says to sing, notice what it says, you who have not break forth into singing and cry aloud. Everyone say aloud. He didn't say. Why cry aloud? Do you know why God says to cry aloud? Because there's strongholds in your head. 
there's thoughts and there's wrong thinking in your head. Do you know the way you change and renew your mind is what comes out of your mouth? You're going to say things that contradict the lies that are in your head. And when you begin to sing and you begin to magnify and you worship the Lord, even though my mind is filled with doubts and fears and I hate God and I'm angry with God and I'm grieved with God and I begin to praise Him and I begin to speak words of faith and call those things that are not as though they are, all of a sudden my mind begins to come into alignment with the Word of the Lord because it's the Word of the Lord that creates a new mind through the voice of praise. That's why he calls us to sing. Some of us say, well, I don't want to sing because I'm just, I'm a lousy voice. I can't hold a pitch and I just go up and down and man, I'd make cows run away from me if they even heard. No, God's not interested in how you sing. He's not interested in your entertainment. He's not, you could sound like a frog and croak like a frog. He's interested in the heart. When you begin to worship him, it is an act of faith. That's where your faith is working. You begin to sing. You begin to worship the Lord. All of a sudden, strongholds, demonic powers are brought to their knees. As the Bible says, God inhabits the praises of his people. When people come up to me and say, Pastor Ray, I'm just not that kind of a person because I'm shy. No, that's a stronghold. That's a lie from the enemy. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He wants to put something in your mouth. Sing, oh barren, sing. Hannah began to lift her voice. She began to worship the Lord. And all of a sudden, God began, the armies of the host of heaven begin to transform things in the natural. See, re- revival. Revival isn't sitting around, well, we're just kind of waiting for God to do something. A lot of people, Lord, I'm waiting on you. Wait for you, Lord, to open my womb. Wait for fruit to come. Wait for you, Lord. I, I don't know where you're at. I'm just waiting. The Bible says start singing. The Bible says that we're to pray. The Bible says we're to surrender. There's some things. Let me tell you something. Pride, fear, arrogance, can't stand in the presence of God. God will break it all down. He alone will become exalted. Notice what it says. For you who have not labored with child, for, I I underline and put circles and stars around this, for more. Everyone say for more. Why am I saying? For more. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Number two, enlarge the place of your tent. God didn't say to enlarge the place of your tent when your children come. He says enlarge when you're barren. Yeah, enlarge. Everyone say enlarge. First he says to worship and sing. Then he says enlarge. In other words, start making plans. Start making plans. How many women here have ever had children? Okay, I'm gonna, I want to ask you this. How many here, when you found out you're pregnant, you start preparing for that baby to come? I know my wife, when we, she got pregnant, Carol got pregnant several years ago, 
man, she already had the room picked out. She had curtains going in, cribs coming in. She was buying things. I said, what are you spending the money? Well, the baby's coming. Now, the man, my mindset is, they're not here yet. See, that's unbelief. Well, I'm not going to start planting because I don't see any fruit yet. No. Enlarge the place of your tent. It's coming. Everyone say it's coming. See, I have to, I have to worship, then I need to enlarge. Think large. Some of us are so small-minded. You go out and look for a job. We well, looking for a job. Well, I'm just looking for what I can do. You know, all I can do is just kind of push the lawn more. No, enlarge. Think big. You're a winner. You're more than a champion. You're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Enlarge. Sing and enlarge. Yeah, but I'm barren. I'm barren. You don't know what I've gone through. I'm a barren, bitter person. The Bible says, worship the Lord. It will cross. It will defy. It will validate or violate. It will contradict every area in your life, especially your feelings. I didn't say to walk by feelings. He said to walk by faith. Faith involves rising. I know what I feel. I don't want to give glory to God. I don't even want to go to church today. I don't want to pray. I'm bitter. But God, I'm going to sing anyway. That's what pleases God. You know, it's amazing God heard the prayer of this barren woman, but he rejected the prayer of the the priesthood. They were priests, but they were corrupt. But yet God heard the prayer of a barren woman. He answered her prayer, and Eli and his sons were kicked out of the way. It's not, that, it's not that God was... Eli, Eli knew the law. Eli knew the word. But he, didn't have, he, he did not honor God. He did not respect the Lord in his place of priestly ministry. And so the Lord, over time, because time after time, God sent prophets to Eli, but Eli would not listen to God. It was a sad thing. And he says, enlarge the place and let the stretch... And let them stretch out the curtains of their dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and unto the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear. For you shall not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced. For you will not be put to shame. For you will forget. Look, Notice the promise. For you will forget the shame of your youth. And will not re- Remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth, for the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken, grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says the Lord. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercy I will gather you. With my wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. God always restores. Whatever the devil takes away, guess what? You're getting a double portion. 
We are the church of the double portion. I want everyone to say, I am a man or a woman of the double portion. God is breaking curses right now. The one curse is in your head. It's the limitations you place on yourself and you place on God. He's going to break the head. What are the three lessons in closing we need to learn? Here's the lesson. Number one, it starts by learning to receive God's grace when we're in times of need. I need to be receiving even though I don't see the breakthroughs. I need to be in a place where I'm constantly receiving and eating and drinking from his goodness and his faithfulness. Number two, stop looking at what you don't have and start looking at what he's doing. Stop looking at what you don't have and start believing and confessing what he's doing. Stop looking at what you don't have and start believing, confessing, and believing at what he's doing. And the last thing is this. Hannah's closed womb opened her eyes and opened her life to something that was so far greater than what she could ever say. In other words, and then, do you know that when Mary, the mother of Jesus, gave birth to her child, or not, no, she didn't give birth yet, but she'd received the word of the Lord concerning that she was going to be a mother, Jesus. She was impregnated by the Holy Spirit to have uh, the Messiah come. She sang the song of Hannah. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 is the song of Hannah. It's written there, several verses. Hannah recites and sings the song how the Lord had delivered, the Lord heals, the Lord has stopped the mouth of those who brought grief into my life, and the Lord has restored my soul. That's what God does. Can you say amen? Let's stand to our feet this morning. I believe we're in a season of preparation. We're in a season where God is bringing us to a new level of thinking and living. Amen? Amen. How many of you believe God wants to do a new thing in your life? It's time to stop looking at what you don't have and start thanking Him for what He's doing. Sing, O barren, sing. Enlarge the place. Start making plans. Make plans. Everyone say, make plans. Stop. Stop looking behind. Stop looking at the past. Get your eyes on Jesus. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy. Maybe someone this morning, you may say, you know, Pastor Ray, I've been going through a season like Hannah, barrenness. I've been given things that I didn't understand. I question God. I want this thing to be broken off my life. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. Okay, I see your hand. Who else? There's areas in my life that need to be broken. I know God wants to bring me into a place of greater faith, greater liberty, greater vision. In fact, I'm going to ask all of you guys to come down here. I, if, you, if you don't want to, you don't have to. But I, I, I feel I'm, I, I'm to pray for you. 
Because I believe God is breaking the spirit of barrenness. He's going to break. The anointing will set you free right now. There's some of you been looking for things, and God has not rejected you. God is preparing you. Say that. He's preparing me. He's not rejected me. He's preparing me. Some of you need better wages, better pay. Some of you have just accepted your limitations as as far as you can go. God says, that's going to end right now. No more barren wombs. God's going to open the fruit, open your eyes. He's going to begin to open things that were closed, not because God is evil. It's because God is so good that he's going to do exceedingly, abundantly above. He's breaking it right now. He's breaking it right now. The closed womb. He's opening the womb. He's opening the womb of our heart. He's breaking it in Jesus' name. Say this with me. It's broken. broken. Say it again. It's broken. broken. It's broken. broken. Say this. The curse curse. is broken. broken. I am free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. There's a future. There's life. There's exceedingly fruitfulness coming into my life. I'm a new creature. I will sing. I will enlarge. I am not the same. I'm not going back. It is a new day. A new day. It's a new vision. I stand on the promise of God's word. The barrenness is broken. And I am fruitful. And I will grow. And God will see His blessing on my life. Amen. I come even this day, saith the Lord, to enlarge... No, no, don't. I'm giving you a word. I'm saying this to Dwight. Enlargement is coming. I am coming to enlarge your faith... For even as a young man, you knew isolation, limitations, fear, so much pain. But the Lord comes even this day to say, you are like Abraham, a man of my favor. I come to place favor upon you, O man of God. Amen. Even on you, Anton, I just feel like the Lord is saying, I come and I have placed the blood upon you. I've broken generational curses. I have broken those things which the enemy has planted in your head that are not of me. I'm making you and I'm going to turn you into another man. I'm going to loosen your tongue. You're going to prophesy. You're going to begin to speak the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord will come to pass. You don't even see it. You don't even see it. Right now you say, how can something like that happen? It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, woman of God. Yea, the woman of a double portion. You're going to dance in the aisle. You're going to do cartwheels. There's going to be such a turning around and an upside. God's turning you inside out, upside down. There is going to be joy for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. For the enemy is sought at times to bring grief and bitterness and limitations. He is sought to take your joy. But this is broken over you this day. You are the day. In fact, you're going to see a restoration in your entire family. 
because of the intercession and the prayer. It's not by your might or strength. It's not by maneuvering or talking or working it through your own strength. I'm going to do it by my spirit in time, saith the Lord. I have done it. It is done. Isaac is born. Do not look at the, the, the age. Do not look at the weakness of your own body or your own abilities. Start looking to the Lord. Oh, man of God, He sets you aside. He calls you this day. You're not an orphan. You're a son. <clears throat> he comes to bring you into a family, to set you, to become a part, to, to experience the life-giving grace of the living God, to let you know that you're not only loved, accepted, but He has need of you, O oh man of God. Don't say, but I don't have what it takes. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Begin to say, He is God. He is God. And He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Oh, man of God, I take out of you this morning, there's just been a smallness. There's been such a brokenness and such deep pain, at times anger. But the Lord comes even this morning to show His mercy upon you for kindness and God's goodness will overpower and outshine the darkness and the seasons of darkness you've walked through. I come even this day to put my hand upon you and say, I have need of you. Oh, man of God, you're not going to remember even as Joseph gave the firstborn son. His name was Manasseh, means the Lord has caused me to forget. I'm going to cause you to forget those things which are behind, for you are not the man you used to be. You are a man that I am shaping you into be for my glory. It's not about you anymore. It's not about the anger and the pain and the memories. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. A new day. A new day. Wow, a Miriam. A Miriam. Oh, the Lord is pleased with the humility and the heart of worship. You've laid everything before God. You've called out to the Lord in the night season and said, Lord, not my will, whatever your will is. You've called out before God. You've been like Hannah, a grieving woman at times. My womb is barren. But the Lord says, I'm opening doors. I'm going to open things up for you. You're going to see prayers come through fast. You're going to see the speed of my spirit moving upon your behalf because of the humility and the faith of the living God. You said, Lord, are you there? If there is a God in heaven, I know you're there. You believed when there was no reason to believe. I saw the faith. I saw the seed sown. I've come to water you this morning, and you're going to be like a mustard seed planted. Oh, by the river of water, your leaf will not wither. You're going to prosper, saith the Lord. Oh, the prayers of a woman of faith. You've taken a hold of my promises. You held on, and you did not let go. Wow, there's a spirit of intercession on you. I brought you into a place of tenacity. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, there's such a there's there's you 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 are 
You know, there's, there's batteries and then there's battery chargers. And you're a battery charger because you're plugged in. You charge other batteries. The Lord is coming to take the weariness, the tiredness, and even the, the, the seasons. There's just been seasons of famine and dry for so long. The Lord comes to water your soul. Oh, rivers. The psalm says this. When the Lord turned again our captivity, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our hearts was singing. I'm giving you a reason to laugh. You're going to laugh so hard that it's going to be contagious. Thank you, Father. Lord, a priest of the Lord, a priestess of the Lord, who stands before the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, the Lord sees the heart. He does not see and view as man sees, but he sees the heart. And he comes to anoint you with fresh oil this morning. And he's going to open your mouth. And you're going to sing the songs of salvation, the songs of Zion. Say not in your heart, but I can't, oh Lord, I'm no longer worthy. I can't do it, Lord. I am not by might nor by strength or your power or your righteousness. I declare the righteousness of God over your life. You belong to me, saith the Lord. For there was a chain around your neck, but all the chains are broken. They're broken in Jesus' name. Oh, man of God, you stand before the Lord. You stand as an open book. Lord, look. Look upon me. Look upon me, Lord, and see if there's anything you can do in me. Oh, you're going to break rocks. You're going to move mountains. You're going to start speaking to the hills and start speaking. Speak up, O man of God. For there is a song in your heart. There's a voice of faith in your mouth. You're going to make it. You're going to move more than make it. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to see the dead come to life. Even in your own family, you're going to see things happen. Because of the moving of my spirit and the spirit of faith. Oh, man of God. I come to raise your expectation level. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your expectation level. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you more than just enough to get by. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to cause you to know what it is to have your cup overflowing. It's going to overflow the top of the brim. I'm taking out of your heart this morning that just, just enough to get by. You've just accepted that enough to get by kind of faith. and No more enough to get by. Exceedingly abundantly, old woman, man of God. You're going to see the power of God, but it's got to come out of your mouth. I want it to see come out of your mouth. You're to speak. You're to believe. You're to trust. And do not lean into your own understanding. Oh, woman. Oh, woman of God. Amen. The Lord has given you dreams and visions already. There's things you see in the spirit. You've hid things. There's things even hidden in your heart. The Lord has revealed things, even heavenly things. And we know you paint and you put things on canvas. The Lord is going to give you wisdom. You've asked God for wisdom. You've asked the Lord, oh, Father God, give me the strength to do what you've asked me to do. You believe God. 
your prayers at times, even though sometimes they were very, very, very short prayers. You just said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I heard it. I heard it. I saw it. Get ready for fire. There's a purity of, the Bible says, the pure in heart shall see God. You're going you're gonna to get what you're asking for. There's a purity, there's a holiness. A woman with clean hands and a pure heart. There's fire. There's fire. You're going to know me as a consuming fire in such a way that you will not be able to handle physically what I do in you. Get ready for fire, saith the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the man of God. Oh, God, I'm going to put my fingers over your eyes. Father, we pray that you would give him eyes of faith, eyes of the Spirit. I'm going to put a new wine in your wineskin, and I'm going to break traditions and turn you into another man. I come to heal what the enemy has taken away. There's been a brokenness. There's been a pain. There's been something that you have lived with inside of you since you were a young boy. I come even this morning to heal and bind the broken heart to set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, young man, my hand is upon you. Your life is not an accident. You have been directed by God for a plan that is greater than your own. For your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, has not even entered into your heart what the Lord has planned for those who love him. Surrender unto me and I will work for you saith the Lord let go let go and let God have his way and you will see his salvation come to you in ways that will even cause amazement astonishment the testimony of the Lord in your life is God is amazing, amazing. And he breaks. I, I, I don't know. I, I see something physical. I don't know. It's, it's even in the area of your body. I just see a physical problem. The Lord comes this morning to break that physical, bring healing in Jesus' name. I just sense it. Is that right? There's something physical, isn't there? Is that right? Okay, I I just saw the Lord show me. He's coming to heal what you've lived with. Father, we, in Jesus' name, we bind this infirmity. We come, I speak to the spirit of infirmity to be cast out. And we bring healing and life And we just speak the liberty and healing power of Jesus to flow like a river through this man's body. I just see something right in here, something physically. 
and there's, there's a need for healing, you've gone to doctors for help. You've asked for help because you've lived with this. And the Lord touches you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If anyone here has any physical, does anybody have any physical issues? Ask Jessica to come. She has a real gift of healing. Jessica, would you just come and minister? When, when she lays hands on people, there, there is amazing healing power that just, just now come expecting, believing God. Jessica has a, the we all have the gift of healing, but, but she has a, a special grace. If you just need healing, physical touch in your body, I want you to come over here and let Jessica just lay hands on you. Thank you, Father. By the way, the rest of you are released to go if you need to go. We're just going to continue to wait before the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.